Welcome to Let's Talk Ed. And uh, with us again is Kirby Lund uh, talking this time, uh, Zahi, about uh, open educational resources or OERs. And uh, specifically today, we want to talk a little bit about kind of the, the value and the rationale behind OERs. Yeah, Kirby alluded to his work uh, in in uh, on behalf of his students, and it's it's a lot of work, right? Let's not uh, make it sound like it's a walk in the park. It it takes thought and whatnot. And he's gonna tell us all about it. But he started the conversation uh, last week, and I and I wanted to dive deep into it because that's part of the reality of our students. The cost of books are they being used? Right? Are they effective? So, Kirby, walk us through it. What's an OER in your mind? The why? The the how you came to uh, to using it? Uh, what's the value to you? What's the value to the students? And what's on all of those things? Tell us. Sure. Open up, man. Open education resources are those resources that are free and adaptable to students. Oftentimes they are listed under a Creative Commons license. So if I were to write an OER, which I'm already doing, if I were to write an OER and go through, say, a university publisher, I would list it as Creative Commons license where anybody who uses it has to give me credit for creating it in the first place, but I can also change that Creative Commons license and say, you can also take anything that you find beneficial out of my OER and you can remix it, you can adapt it to any situation you need. Now, implementing OERs in the classroom could mean a couple of different things. There are tons of OER textbooks out on the web right now. There's a huge repository of them at the University of Minnesota. There are also websites like OpenStax where you can go through already created OER textbooks. But the issue with OERs is you don't necessarily know what quality they are. You don't know how relevant they are in some cases. And maybe they don't have all the assignments that you want to cover in your class. So now I have to go and find an OER, but now it doesn't cover all the topics I want. So now I'll have to go and find supplemental readings to go along with the OER. I was doing some research lately, and I know I already pointed out in a previous segment that textbook costs have risen by 800%. Researching it further, I found a figure that says six in 10 students in general education classes do not buy their textbooks because of the costs they're in. They're already paying for oftentimes parking passes, tuition, room and board in the dorms, student fees and with textbooks costing five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars per semester, they don't have the money. So I can pay rent or I can buy my textbook. And for those students who don't have the money to buy their textbooks, maybe they just go through the class without it and hope that going to the lectures every week 
will get them by, even though having the learning materials in front of them, if those learning materials were free and accessible to them in any number of formats, they would be more successful in those courses. Well, I, I, bef before I let uh, unleash the Kraken in the form of Chris, uh, I, I just want to say that uh, th with regard to the quality, you can buy from the best publisher in the world a book and not have what you're referring to all of the assignments or the quality that you're looking at, right? Uh, that's based on the quality of the editing that happens. And some of the names like OER Commons or OpenStax, they're you know, bonafide powerhouses that have uh, standards. Now, whether we agree with it or not, that's a different story. What what I think, and, and trust me, Chris, you're, you're going to have your uh, moment here. But uh, uh, what I fear is that with the uh, textbooks, many faculty have relied on the canned everything. They get the presentations, they get the quizzes, they get the answers and keys and what have you. Then all of a sudden you became a, uh, um, an automated system on behalf of that textbook as opposed to being the driver. So now they're talking about, oh, we need to cover 18 chapters in 16 weeks. Ah, how are we going to do it? So this is where you having driving the textbook creating the materials can be the game changer that students are looking for. Chris, the floor is yours, dear sir. <laughs> so, so to your your point there, Zahi is a. a if I'm a student, um, I would much rather have an instructor that is putting in his or her own work to come up with, you know, the the daily things that happen in class. I I totally understand the idea that, you know, I bought this textbook and it came with, you know, presentations for every single day that I could do that. And that's easy. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, sure, there's still some work to that, but I would rather have a professor that's going to look at that and say, no, no, I can do even better. Uh, because to me, that's better value for my money. Um, because what are you demonstrating if you are just following the same PowerPoint that they sent you week in and week out? Um, you know, but uh, Kirby, to your point, the the cost of textbooks is really becoming a barrier. And I... When I went to college uh, in 1999, I was not expecting the cost of textbooks to be where they were. Um, you know, furthermore, it was frustrating as a student to have a professor that said, you need to buy these six books. We're going to read a chapter out of this one. We're going to read two chapters out of this one. And guess what? There's a new edition coming out. So if you want to sell that back, sure, you bought it for $125. We're going to give you a quarter because there's a new edition coming out. Uh, so, you know, as a student, that is incredibly frustrating. And, you know, sure, you can go to the library and check out that book if, um, you know, 
because the professor should have done their due diligence and made sure there's a copy in the library if, if they weren't able to afford a book. But uh, it's a scary prospect to go through a class knowing that I have to make a, a choice between whether I want to eat, whether I want to have a roof over my head, or whether I want to buy a book. That's a terrifying choice to make. Chris, this goes back to uh, a couple of times we talked about uh, food pantries, supporting our students, the resources. So for me, it becomes the equivalent of the food pantry, right? That, that availability of an affordable or outright free educational resource. So Kirby, is that, the, is that another reason? Is it the dollar signs that the students are saving? Is that part of your equation? It, it is a big part of the equation, especially coming from a community college background where I know that I would say 90% of my students are working outside of school just to make ends meet. Cost is a huge factor, but also accessibility is a huge factor. Not every one of our students has their own personal laptop and OERs can often be read in multiple formats. They can be read in a mobile format. So even if I don't have a full laptop myself, I can still access the learning materials. And in an online format, I can access those learning materials 24-7, so long as I have a link to those materials. And Chris, to bounce off your point about how students are actually using the textbook in class, or maybe even how the instructors are using the textbooks in class. I started my OER project largely because of that point. I looked at the textbook that I was using, which cost at the time, I think $120. And I looked at my schedule. There were eight days throughout the entire semester, 16 weeks long, eight days, eight class periods where we use the textbook in class. One student came to me and said, I actually started using this textbook to prop open my dorm room window. And that's the full extent of how I'm using this textbook for this entire semester. And it makes yeah. sense, right? It's, it's, uh, are, are we, so are we making them invest in it because the institution owns or contracts with an outside uh, vendor for the bookstore, therefore we need to meet a quota, right? At the end of the day, where do we cross the line from uh, the perception to the reality of what we're doing to the student? And Chris, I'm going to let you wrap it up because I'm pretty sure you're ang you're ang you're anxious I, to do that. I, I am anxious because uh, it, it is that time to wrap it up. So we're going to explore OERs a little bit more over our next couple of episodes. If you enjoy content like this and you're here on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel. Ring that bell down below. You'll get notified when we post new content like this video. That helps us out and it helps uh Get this video into the feeds of other like-minded people as well. And, of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Kirby Lund and Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.